Welcome back, podcast listeners. This is the third season of the British Stories Podcast. We are your new hosts, Bianca and Nick, both from the class of 2021 at UWC in Mostar. Every Saturday, we'll cover a current global issue through the personal lens of our guests. For now, thanks for being here. We really hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bridge of Stories podcast. On today's episode, we have a new guest. If you'd like to introduce yourself with your name, your age, and where you're from. Yeah, uh, I'm Lex. I'm 18, and I'm from the U.S. Thank you so much for coming on, Lex. Could you please give a brief uh, overview of the issue we're talking about today? Yeah, so today I was asked to talk about, I don't know, I would say a boring thing because it's all I hear about recently, but the recent elections, the transfer of power, white supremacy, um, I think those are all things we'll cover today. Amazing, thank you so much. So could you first of all give us a bit of a background overview on the Electoral College and how the US president is elected in the States? Yeah, so the US is very weird in the sense where it's not the majority that elects the president, the majority vote. It's um, actually you're you're going for the majority in your state, and then uh, and then with those votes, you're there's representatives that uh, you know then cast their ballots, and those representatives or delegates are the electoral college. Um, it was started back um, when slavery was. Um, very present in the U.S. It was uh, legal, and the southern states uh, wanted to count uh, uh, enslaved people as three-fifths of a person in order to get more power in the government, Um, uh, and so that was the compromise, the three-fifths compromise. So we know that uh, the Electoral College is incredibly racist, and it is it just in no way serves democracy in the U.S. Um, today, not because of the Electoral College, uh, a vote in Wyoming is worth like three and a half times more than a vote of a person in California. Um, and so that's why Electoral College just makes no sense because smaller states, um, which often tend to be white states, have more power than uh, larger states. Um, thank you. Uh, could you give also? <laughs> could you please also talk about? Um, you know, I, you know, Joe Biden was recently elected and inaugurated mm-hmm. as U.S. president. Um, could you talk a little bit about um, what you think that means for uh, the United States and for people who might be at a disadvantage due to racist uh, systems? I mean, that's hard to say, right? It's one transfer of power. It's the same system, you know. Biden may not be as blatantly racist and, you know, a cult leader as Trump is, um, but, you know, he he's still he's still the president. So it'll be interesting to see. I I don't know how I can say. You know, I'm talking from a white American perspective, and you know, for me, I wasn't horribly impacted by Trump's presidency. Um, I'm hoping that. Uh, Biden will be better. I'm, I'm hoping he'll, you know, cut taxes for poor folks um, and, you know, raise taxes for the rich. I know that he's already uh, done a nationwide eviction ban. I think he pushed it till March 31st. 
so that will um, that will help historically um, oppress communities but you know the issue of whether it's Democrats in the federal government or Republicans it's still going to be very racist and the systems aren't changing just because we have a new president you know um, you know all the people who voted for Trump which is however ma- many million something like that right yeah. like those people still believe in him right and believe in those values um, and so and they're still walking you know around us so we have to uh, understand that you know I'm not the first person to say this but Trump is um, just a symptom of the problem Absolutely. Um, but in November, there wasn't only the U.S. presidential elections. Um, can you talk a bit about the Senate and House elections and how that impacts the presidency? Yeah, I mean, Senate and House elections are really important. You know, after having uh, a long eight years of Republican majority in Congress, um, or at least um, in, in uh, yeah, in Congress, I'm, I'm not that educated on it. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, there will hopefully be things that get done. The last time the Democrats had uh, the majority, they passed the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, um, and that has impacted millions of lives, um, including like my own family. Um, and so, you know, with this new uh, majority lead, hopefully, you know, the climate emergency is very much real. Um, these next four years could be, you know, make or break it, right? Uh, so maybe they pass the Green New Deal. That's very optimistic. I don't have that much hope in my representatives, but, you know, hopefully this will mean um, change and long-term change. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope so as well. Um, you mentioned that um, your family has been impacted by the Affordable Care Act and um, other acts like it. Um, can you talk from a more personal perspective about, um, you know, uh, a lot of these um, new uh, things that you hope will, be, will come into power, how they affect you personally, or just anything that's coming about like the elections, like how you or some more people you know have uh, worked within uh, stuff like that to actually, you know, get these changes made? Yeah, I mean, I'm, thank you, that's a good question. I think, uh, personally, I, I'm much more devoted and faithful in my direct community and in my generation, um, because I really see the, the anger and the spirit and the power to change things, um, and so that's why I'm wary of, you know, saying that this new, um, this new uh, president will do much. Um, on a personal level, I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy how certain things that we consider as human rights are so easily, um, are so easily, you know, swept aside in the U.S. and how no one really cares, right? Like throwing people out on the street because they can't afford medical bills, right? That sh- it should be a human right. Um, you know, I'm gonna say, you know, how quickly uh, abortion laws um, and access to healthcare, um, that change 
it can change with just one vote, right? Mm-hmm. Even uh, uh, same-sex marriage has recently mm-hmm. come under discussion of if it will be overturned um, by the new uh, Supreme Court, where Trump nominated two or three, mm-hmm. Gorsuch and then Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh and the lady. Mm-hmm. I don't know, sorry. <laughs> um, personally, like... As a queer person, as someone, you know, who knows if I'll ever get married, but, you know, to know that there's so many uh, discrimination laws for queer people, for trans people um, in my country, um, you know, I can be denied health care if I came out as trans at my, you know, provider. I can, all these things. So... You know, will the Biden administration fix this? Probably not. Um, but, you know, it is it is hopeful to see for at least four years, maybe we'll hold on to uh, the human rights that we have now. Thank you. We were talking a lot about federal elections here. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you know a lot about your own state elections or what's going on there. Um, but you mentioned a lot of these things are going for human rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our basic human rights in mm-hmm. the U.S. aren't very much widely accepted throughout the U.S. Do you think your home state is doing better than uh, the rest of the United the country? Oh, good question. I try to think as little as possible about my home state. Um, I'm from Colorado, and right now we have a very uh, middle ground democratic uh, governor and our state representatives um i i know in my state you know we have easy access to uh reproductive health care but a huge issue in my state is fracking um and you know all these fracking is you know really dangerous it um harms the communities that it's around and they're almost always um, if not always uh, next to communities that are uh, historically oppressed disenfranchised poor communities Um, and you know it's the people it's the big oil people who are uh, putting those fracking whatever um, into these communities Um, and it's you know because my local government isn't very blue, you know, it's very, you know, performative, neoliberal, but really conservative, you know. Centrist. Uh, very central. Um, I, you know, I don't have much, I don't have faith in my, in my state government, but I have faith in my communities. Um, and I know that people have been fighting um for so long to uh, cast fracking out of Colorado and the U.S. And I know um, I, I have faith in my community and the people who have been fighting for this for, for decades. Thank you so much. Um, my other question was regarding the 6th of January capital attacks that happened in D.C. Um, <sighs> could you talk a little bit about those and how you know, the transition of power had something to do with that or not. Yeah, so the capital white supremacist insurrection, uh, that was a lot 
you know it was not surprising to see honestly um it just it was a lot of emotions um but uh they came because they wanted to overthrow the the uh, official count that joe biden had won the presidency um it was you know it was a huge display of how intoxicated our country is on white supremacy and how trump has really he's he's really he's i wouldn't say he's a mastermind but he really you know brought this to life and he put this he brought extremely radical beliefs um, and harmful racist colonialist um, anti-semitic beliefs um, he brought them to the forefront of american politics and he made them seem more you know central and less extreme than they really are and uh because of this you know the white supremacists stormed stormed the capital um they ended up killing some people some officers i don't i'm not going to get into that but um you know it's scary um to think you know this summer how so many blm protests ended in tear gas and being straight down people getting shot arrested brutalized by the police you know indigenous activists constantly being you know brutalized by police for doing peaceful protesting and then in comes white supremacists threatening to kill government uh government members and you know nothing happens sure the fbi is doing an investigation however uh it's you know there's there's really few to no consequences you know after this summer like being tear gassed for the first time it was really i don't know is scary and my privilege as a white american really i've never experienced violence from my state in that sense in that literal sense um and I, it's it's scary to know how much the us tolerates white supremacy um um but not black lives black existence um it's it's extremely uh, there's no word for it because it's just what the us is um yeah uh as donald trump's impeachment and second impeachment continues um a lot of republicans have uh, been condemning his actions in the region, most recent one being mitch mcconnell mm-hmm. um calling him out and saying some interesting things that I'm surprised he didn't say during Donald Trump's presidency, but not shocked about. Do you think that um, locally more more people are becoming, after this shock, more people are going to become less radicalized as more Republicans finally uh, do the same thing? Or do you think this is just trying to save face in the heart of, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, Biden presidency and trying to be like, oh, I'm left, I'm left this now type stuff. I mean, never trust a politician. You know, those politicians had four, uh, if not 
40 years of deciding what they were going to do in, in government and how they were going to change people's lives and if they were going to condemn white supremacy or not. But we know that they don't do that. We know that they have stood by when racism and white supremacy and inequality was rampant, not just past four years, but you know, for their entire careers. And we know that they voted against and fought for, you know, things that didn't help the people. Um, and so, you know, these brief, you know, little speeches about condemning Trump are, they mean nothing, you know, uh, on both sides, in my opinion. Uh, I, I just, it's frustrating to see how many people are fooled by it. I mean, I guess that's their job, to fool people with their words. Um, but I, I, I don't think that people will become less radicalized. I, I really don't. Um, I think the entire, you know, internet kicking Trump off, um, you know, from every platform, um, I think that's just going to fuel people more. Um, I really, you know, he has an entire cult of tens of millions of people who love him um, unconditionally. And, and that's really, really scary. Um, I think in our two-party system, uh, polarization is inevitable. It's the norm even. Um, and I think right now, as people are getting educated, angry, as people are finally being uh, able to vote, um, I think it's it's only getting gonna get worse, right? People are only gonna become more radical on the other side, on both sides, whatever. Um, also, I hate the sides. <laughs> like, oh. You know, there's the whole jokes of, you know, people critiquing Biden and then thinking that they're a Trump supporter. Other people, it's like, no, I to, just the whole thing's bad. Um, so everything that I say for the right, I also say for the left. I mean, not in the sense of radicalized politics, trying to, you know, abolish the police. That is very much justified. Um but it's more in the sense where with our current system, nothing's gonna ever change because we still are, we're still Americans and we're still electing people like Donald Trump as our president. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you see any, do you see this transition um, with any hope and do you feel like um, Joe Biden's presidency could bring some change? You, you mentioned that you were scared that a lot of um, social change was not going to be possible due to you know, the system. But do you see any economic policies um, maybe coming, coming to action? I mean, I hope, I hope, I hope. Um, you know, it's... It feels sometimes impossible, but maybe that's because I've we've just come out of four years 
for very, very, very long years. And I can't even wrap my head around it. It feels like Trump has been president for my whole life. And so maybe that's why I'm so disheartened and so so pushed down. But um, I'm, I know that uh, Biden has already signed uh, several executive mm -hmm. orders, rejoined the Paris Agreement, um, rejoined lots of things. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like in the order to truly fix things, they're going to have to completely change fundamentally the US. Mm -hmm. um, and I know Biden, you know, had to run more left than he really is to appeal to voters and compete with uh, Bernie, Elizabeth Warren, all the more progressives. And But we know that his political past, he's very centrist. Um, and so, you know, after the facade, he and his administration created during campaign, I am not very hopeful that he'll, you know, keep any of the promises or keep that same uh, level of wanting to make change. I think it's going to be an unproductive four years. I hope less extreme than the past, but definitely. Okay. Well, I really do hope some change happens and, and I hope yeah, I just hope for the best. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, thank you. Have an amazing day. Thank you very much. Um, yeah.